you have fully vacant units on your property that you have mothballed until next semester? If you do, I bet you've thought to yourself, we should list those on Airbnb for game day weekends or for parents visiting their kids. Maybe you're in a college town like Austin or Raleigh or Tallahassee, and your city has large festivals and not enough hotel rooms. You know you could lease those units on a nightly or a weekly basis. Providing short-term rentals on platforms like Airbnb can provide a great source of ancillary income. But it takes some, uh, all right, excuse me, it takes a lot of organization. There's the additional setup of providing linens and coffee makers and all the little things that a short-term tenant will expect. Then there's the regulatory and tax issues that could require additional work. More importantly, there's the time and labor to market on all the multiple platforms, handle the reservations and cancellations, the cleaning, and then there's the bookkeeping. All of this turns into a big distraction from the main job at hand, which is operating and leasing your property. That's where Vector Travel comes in. These guys know the short-term rental industry and they know how to relieve all of those burdens from the property manager. And best of all, they've become experts in how to do that with student properties. They understand the complexity of mixing travelers with college students. They know it so well, they can quickly identify if a student property is not going to be a good fit for their program. So if you have vacant units, reach out to Vector Travel and have them do a free, no obligation assessment to determine if enrolling your vacant units in their program will be beneficial. Go to VectorStays.com forward slash SHI. Fill out a quick form to receive more information. You will also get the first month service fee waived by going to that specific landing page. Again, that's VectorStays.com forward slash SHI. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and thank you for listening to this special episode. So in this episode, we're going to be catching up with our friends Dave Borzos and Matthew Berger from the National Multi-Housing Council. Uh, We're going to be talking to, to them about their upcoming student housing conference in California here in a couple of weeks. Uh, We're also going to talk a little bit about tax policy that may end up impacting our industry. So, speaking of conferences, uh, I told you that we would be making some big announcements this fall and get ready. It's happening right now as I speak. This is, uh, no one knows about this um, as I'm recording this because it's fresh off the presses. (laughs) But many of you will remember... um, Student Housing Business and France Media launched a new student housing conference back in 2018 called LeaseCon. It was targeted towards, you know, site level managers and and let's call it site support directors from a, you know, from a, a corporate standpoint, you know, who are, are focused on the leasing and marketing of student housing because it is so different than it is from any other multifamily uh, industry or or property management sector. Uh, So I attended it in 2018, its inaugural year, and again in 2019. And and of course, like all conferences in 2020, it just never saw the light of day. There was not even, uh, you know, a a virtual uh, 
event um, for for LeaseCon. Um, the conference was really gaining momentum in 2019 and really filled a, a need that we have in this industry. Um, so back in the spring, I started asking our friend Rich Kelly over at over at France and Student Housing Business. You know, hey, are you guys bringing LeaseCon back this fall? Well, that started a series of conversations, and I'm happy to tell you we're bringing LeaseCon back. That's right. Uh, the week of December 6th, LeaseCon will be happening in Dallas, Texas. Uh, the exact dates we haven't figured out. It's probably going to be roughly two-and-a-half-day event, and it will be that week of December 6th. Uh, venue uh, will be picked out here shortly. Just working on some final details with that. So, um, but it is going to be in Dallas, Texas. Um, oh, but there's one more thing. Man, I used to love when Steve Jobs would, would say that at, at Apple events. Um, we're going to be launching a new conference alongside of LeaseCon. What? Yep, that's correct. You know, for, for too long, uh, these conferencing groups... Uh, have somewhat ignored the folks on the maintenance and facility side of the team. And, and it's not on purpose. It's just, it's really been left up to the local apartment associations because it's those local associations that are also working with local vendors, which is who, you know, maintenance supervisors and the techs, you know, are, are working with the most. So that's really kind of the best level to be, you know, to, to be able to, uh, put together networking events, but those local associations, you know, they really they they don't give an opportunity for these folks to be exposed to best practices for for student housing operators and how to become more efficient at, at things like like turn, but no longer. So, in addition to LeaseCon, we're launching TurnCon. Yes, maintenance teams. This one is specifically for you. Uh, This conference will be going on at the same time um, in the same venue. It will also include a a shared exhibition hall. I'm just telling you, I can't wait. Um, I think this is going to be exciting and looking forward to, you know, what this turns into, you know, over the next five years, 10 years. I've seen that conference with NMHC grow, you know, over the years. It's, it's, it's the oldest one. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. And, I was at the first one. The first one <laughs> literally had probably, I don't know, 50 people in a room. And now it's just turned into something that's, you know, probably got close to a thousand attendees. And uh, anyway, so looking forward to what LeaseCon and TurnCon will will turn into. Um, so at the time of this recording, we've got some details that, that we're still working on, as I mentioned. But the conference will be the week of December 6th. And it will be in Dallas, Texas. Once a registration page is open, we will certainly post a link on our website at studenthousinginsight.com. As far as registration and, and all of that, that's going to be going through France Media. And we, we are a, a platinum sponsor of the event um, and, and working kind of hand-in-hand with those guys on, on putting together the content and a lot of the other things um, that will be going on that week. So uh, so stay tuned. One of the best places for you to stay up to date with that is obviously join our community when you go to our website. 
You can do that by clicking on the little login icon at the upper right-hand corner and uh, submit your email address. That way we can send you any kind of important announcements about any event that's coming up, but specifically for this one. Okay, folks, so that is about the newest conference for the industry. Let's talk about the oldest conference in the industry. October 4th through the 6th in Huntington Beach, California, will mark the 19th annual student housing conference put on by the National Multi-Housing Council, or as we refer to, NMHC. Um, I've got to tell you, this is by far one of my favorite conferences because the content especially for C-suite and executive level professionals um, at, at the operating companies, the management companies. This is the best content, and it's just, it's very, every, all the topics are just very relative to, to what is shaping our industry, you know, in the here and now, what's happening from a legislative standpoint, what's happening from a technology standpoint, what's happening, you know, in the future of work. All of those things are really covered very well. And if, if you are certainly at a C-suite and executive level, um, you need to be at this conference. Uh, you need to be at this conference every year. As far as site level, I think this is a good one to get exposed to if, you know, if, if it makes sense from a travel standpoint. You know, I would certainly say for folks that are in the California, Southern California area, um, you know, that may be site level employees. Yeah. Ask your, you know, ask your supervisor if this is one that you can get to, because I think it makes a lot of sense to be exposed to it. And this one moves around each year. They kind of go from, um, last year it was in Chicago. I believe the year before that it was, it was back in California. Um, next year it's going to be in Miami. So, so anytime it's, it's near you, I think, I think folks should try to, to get out and be a part of it. So, what's on tap for this year's event? Well, let's go to the call I had with Matthew and Dave. Dave, Matthew, Dave, Matthew. <laughs> wonder how many times that happens with you guys. There you go. <laughs> Dave and Matthew, welcome to the podcast. How are you guys doing? Great. It's great to be with you, uh, with you. And at least I'm coming at you from Virginia, much like Dave, you know, Dave Matthews is home. So it's just great to be great to be with you once again. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Well, guys, thanks for thanks for taking some time out and uh, and talking to us about what's coming up this year with the conference. And, and then I wanted to dig in a little bit and uh, and see what's going on from um, a legislative standpoint, um, but let's talk a little bit about 2020 Student Housing Conference. It looked a little bit different last year, 100% virtual and uh, done in combination with the guys from, from Interface. This year, the conference is scheduled to be in person in Huntington Beach, California, uh, October 4th through 6th. I, I believe this is the same venue that you guys had the conference at three years ago, correct? That, that's absolutely right. And it's just a wonderful venue, um, you know, right there on the water, um, you know, in, in Huntington Beach. Uh, it, it's it's yeah. a place to have a conference. We're really looking forward to it. Yeah, that's um, that's the same way I went to that one. And um, and I got to tell you, other than dealing with the time change, I love that venue and that just that area around uh, Huntington Beach. Um, it's the Hyatt Regency Resort and Spa. 
Um, if you could tell the audience a little bit about um, about the resort, and I'm sure they're interested, you know, to know what type of COVID restrictions there may be um, in place, and if you have any idea of what those are. Sure. The um, we agree. The venue is is a is a great California-based venue, kind of a. Uh, spread out uh, in, a, in an area that's highly conducive to uh, networking, um, but also, as Matthew pointed out, uh, it overlooks the beach there. So if anybody is inclined to surfing, which um, I actually think Mark Lifshin is a surfer. Uh, he certainly liked it uh, three years ago when we were there. Um, yeah, I, don't know, I don't know if Kirk Price is going this year, but um, he's. Uh, I've seen some pictures of him surfing too, so... <laughs> Yeah, so it, it is uh, Surf City, uh, according to its nickname. I don't think you'll see Matthew Iyer out there, but um, certainly enjoy the venue, and we got great feedback from it last time, so we're we're uh, thrilled to be going back there um, and uh, hope to see everybody who's listening in uh, and today um, to uh, see them out there as well. Yeah, we'll definitely be taking um, advantage of the, you know, outdoor uh, possibilities there. We'll be having a nice networking event um, in, in the afternoon um, on one of the days of the conference because I know that people definitely want to see each other again after having been, you know, put apart um, so long by this devastating pandemic. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we know everyone obviously likes to be at an in-person event versus virtual, but I'm just wondering from – from last year, was there anything that you learned from being 100% virtual? You know, if you guys just kind of locked that out of your memory and said, I hope we never have to do it again. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think um, not only our student housing conference, but uh, we held a number of our conferences right. uh, through NMHC that were virtual. So, and I think uh, the industry as well as everybody got used to uh, Zoom conferences, but Fundamentally, and Matthew just mentioned this before, uh, you can't network on Zoom. Doesn't matter how good the technology is or anything of that nature where they're trying to facilitate interactions. It just doesn't feel the same. And those conversations that we see somebody in the hallway that you haven't seen or want to talk to somebody or grab coffee with them is simply impossible. So I think our content was still very strong and no different than what we're going to do this year in terms of delivering strong content that we always do. But it's really kind of that in-person interaction that you can't simply replicate doing something online. So I, I do think that uh, the one other aspect from a, a virtual perspective, you kind of learn what people uh, are interested in, right? The technology for Zoom allows you to kind of get a sense of of what people want to hear, what they want to listen to. And that also helps you kind of uh, get a little bit more of the uh, data on a real-time uh, uh, basis versus having somebody uh, simply do a head count in the room. Yeah. Well, let's let's jump back to, to this year's event. Um, you know, NMHC was the first to, to ever do a student housing conference. Thank you guys for, for pioneering that. Um, was it 19, 20 years ago now? So this is our 19th year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I've got to say from someone who spent most of their career on the operations side, this is the one that is my favorite <laughs> by far. 
Um, and I'm a little bummed that I can't go this year. We, our family had uh, already planned a vacation that same week um, in Orlando of all places. <laughs> so, um, so I'm a little bummed about that, but tell me, uh, tell me, just go ahead and tell me what am I going to be missing out on this, on the agenda this year and, and, uh, everything you guys have got planned. Yeah, sure. So we've got an all general session lineup this year, which we think is going to be packed with very strong content. You know, we will have our executive insights panel on our economic update to kick things off on the first day. Uh, and then our second day, we'll have some really great panels, you know, that will deal with, you know, debt uh, and operations, particularly operations that are coming out of uh, COVID uh, here and what people, you know, lessons learned and what people are doing going forward. Um on day three, we will um, in particular be releasing our income and expense uh, survey, which I know that many people are, are looking forward to, um, which will help. That is a, that's a fantastic report. Every year you guys put that out because you, you guys are kind of every other year on that report now, right? That's exactly right. Um, and, you know, so in October, we'll be launching the 2021 one. I think that people will be interested to see, you know, what's inside and how, you know, the numerics are are changing particularly in light of uh, COVID, but just sort of generally. Now, will this go through, will this go through 2019 or will it go through kind of calendar year 2020? Um, Dave, I believe it's 2020, right? So it'll cover calendar year 2020. What you'll also see in there, um, I think as Matthew mentioned, a lot of people interested in what were the impacts of COVID. So we have done a, uh, it'll be included in there, a same store, comparison of 2018 versus 2020 uh, to kind of look at what the operational impacts are to uh, a number of different areas within the um, bottom lines of properties. The one other aspect of the income and expense survey that um, is very telling. So, um, you know, 20, the last time we did it two years ago was the largest uh, survey that we'd ever done. The number of beds that are included in this year's survey is up 40% oh, wow. from last time. So we're approaching 600,000 beds as part of this uh, survey, which is kind of unprecedented in terms of the number of properties and beds that are being covered in there. Is it, is it all purpose-built this year? Or are you guys adding, you know, kind of any of the shadow market kind of so we, we, we exclusively, so it's, there, there are two parts that are excluded from this. So we have, we've never done on campus and we don't do the shadow. So this is only off campus purpose built. So again, right. approaching 600,000 beds is a very significant uh, chunk of yeah. the overall entire market. Um, the one awesome. other thing to mention in that uh, research uh, delivery that's occurring on that last day is uh, we're going to be announcing a uh, release of a uh, benchmark uh, statistics that will be posted on a monthly basis to our website. So it'll be uh, providing some key statistics uh, for the industry. Uh, you know, it, it, it really, our goal um, in doing this for Matthew and myself and the broader industry is how do we continue to get more exposure for the industry? How do we continue to get more data out there for those who are looking for that type of information. So this is something that we're um, really excited about uh, announcing that and that release will come out um, at the conference as well. Awesome. Matthew, anything else on the agenda this year you wanted to chat about? 
No, I think that really, really co covers it. Um, I'm, you know, we will have you know some some really great panels, and I'm really looking forward, um, you know, to having people get together. You know, I think, and I think that's one of the most important things we'll be doing is just trying to foster some really good networking opportunities. We're gonna um, have a, a really great networking event on um, our second day. Um, which will just get pe get people a chance to really visit with one another, which they haven't been able to do for quite some time. So we're, we're really jazzed about that. Oh, great. Um, so if someone's listening and they haven't registered, maybe they've you know never attended an NMHC um, uh, conference before, be it student housing or, or otherwise, um, what's the best way for them to, to get registered and look forward on the website? You know, I think the, the best way is to actually just go right to the website um, and get registered, um, you know, and get, get your travel arrangements made and your room reserved. And, you know, we really look forward to seeing you on October, um, you know, in early October. Gotcha. And I'm just looking at it now. It looks like if you hit the meetings um, and go to, to upcoming meetings, it comes up right away. So <laughs> upcoming meetings and you can register, you know, right away. And, um, you know, to the degree that people are listening to this um, and have trouble registering, uh, please just contact either Dave or me, um, and we'll be happy to assist. Great. And another one that you know I get really excited about with you guys, um, and I see it here now as I'm looking at it, is Optech. How is that shaping up for this year? So that one is um, organized and run by a couple of our colleagues, but um, we also highly recommend that people within the uh, COO uh, vertical within our student housing organizations attend that as well. There always is a good representation uh, from that student housing industry at the OpTech conference. I don't know what the registration numbers look like yet, um, but that uh, conference is actually being held here in DC for the first time in many, many years <laughs> at the Lord Hotel. Um, so there, uh, the, that team who's working on it, and they always put a fantastic conference together is busily uh, working on that as we speak. Um, so that, that is something that is uh, underway. Let me add one, uh, two, two things about um, registration and attendance. Uh, as always, uh, both uh, for our student housing conference as well as OpTech, both of them are open uh, to any registrants. You do not have to be a member of NMHC to attend either one of those two conferences. Um, but uh, much like the protocols that we followed when we held our annual conference in June, uh, we're following similar protocols both for our student housing conference as well as <clears throat> our OPTEC. And that is um, there will be a requirement uh, for all attendees to either be vaccinated or to have a uh, COVID-free test uh, within 72 hours of attending the conference. So again, given the flare up in uh, the Delta variant, unfortunately, uh, that has uh, got some people concerned and we're looking out for the safety of our uh, members and everybody who attends our conferences. It is something that we felt is critical and important getting feedback from our members. I think they felt strongly as well that uh, the, the protocols we used in June for our annual conference made them feel uh, comfortable as well in terms of attending the conference. Yeah, and I would just a, a personal request to the people that are that that may be listening to this that are attend even if you're vaccinated we know that there's um that delta is not 
is not leaving you alone either. <laughs> I, I would even suggest to those folks that maybe they get a, a test beforehand. But um, that's um, that's great that you guys are doing that. And uh, as someone who recently got over COVID, I appreciate you doing that. So, um, all right. So shifting gears here for a sec, um, because you guys are obviously heavily involved on the legislation front tax front. Um, you know, I love picking your brains on this stuff. Um, but it, it, you know, it seems that the sun ha- has kind of finally set on the eviction moratorium. Um, I think it was last week or the week before, um, at least at a federal level. I know some folks are, are still, um, uh, under moratoriums on a local level, um, in some, some areas. Um, uh, this really hasn't seemed to impact student housing, especially over the past year. Um, uh, but I, how's the rest of the multi-housing world reacting to it? Is it, are you, are you hearing any feedback yet or, um, what's, what's, what tends to be the, uh, the word on the street, as I say, you know, when NMHC works on a myriad of legislative and regulatory issues every single year that covers anything from A to Z uh, regarding the industry. Um, Clearly, eviction moratorium and the distribution of the rental assistance has dominated the uh, legislative uh, policy for us this year. And so it is certainly something that our members have been very concerned about. We've spent a significant amount of time um, working with Congress, with agencies regarding uh, the problems with the eviction moratorium. We've actively worked to try and uh, make sure that it did expire, Um, but it also, the distribution of rental assistance is also critically important for solving Uh, the backlog of unpaid rent. And so as probably many of the listeners have heard, the distribution of these funds has not gone particularly well. And a lot of that is unfortunately at the footstep of a lot of the state agencies who really have uh, struggled to get this money out the door. So this is still an overhang uh, that is impacting the industry and certainly is uh, consuming a lot of our uh, regulatory and legislative uh, time frame for NMHC. This is it is something that is uh, front and center for us. So, any any other legislation and, and policies that you guys are watching right now that could have some kind of impact on the student housing sector? Yeah, you know, it's a it's a great question. As Dave said, you know, we follow you know everything from you know A to Z, but all. I just want to mention tax policy just for a quick second, um, if I might. Um, you know, the Congress is currently considering, um, you know, the so-called human infrastructure package uh, with the mm-hmm. Means Committee in the House uh, beginning a markup uh, this week, which we expect will continue until next week. Um, and Congress is considering many of the tax proposals that the president uh, proposed earlier this year as part of the American Families Plan that would uh, increase taxes on ordinary income, uh, raise the capital gains rate to as high as 43.4%, curtail like-kind exchanges, uh, eliminate the ability to tax carried interest at uh, capital gains rates as opposed to ordinary rates, uh, and then uh, tax um, unrealized gains at death. Um, you know, a lot of these proposals, um, apart from the raising of ordinary rates, uh, would really t- uh, um, 
raise taxes on uh, capital income and you know capital is the lifeblood of real estate um, as you Absolutely. know uh, Wes you know and you know we're quite concerned about proposals that would um, curtail capital availability or make the cost of capital uh, significantly uh, more expensive, particularly uh, as you know, we want to make sure that we can develop um, and operate uh, both student housing uh, and conventional multifamily housing, and in particular, uh, affordable multifamily housing, um, which is uh, riskier. Um, and we're concerned that to the degree that capital uh, is taxed at far higher rates that some of that um, might be much harder to produce than it um, already is. Uh, what What's kind of the timeline for that coming together, do you think? Well, the, the process is just beginning with Ways and Means market up, uh, you know, this week and next. And I think the question is, um, given that it's shaping up to be a, a partisan Democratic-only package, uh, given that Republicans uh, oppose uh, tax increases you know, I think the question is, can all Democrats agree on the size and scope of the package, uh, given the, the narrow majority uh, Democrats have in the House of Representatives and in particular in the evenly divided Senate? So I think the question is, is can the Democrats get all of their members on the same page? And I think that given um, what Senator Sinema um, from Arizona and Manchin of West Virginia have said recently, um, they're, they're not quite there yet. They, they may very well yet get there. Um, but they're not quite there yet. And it's sort of hard to predict as to how long it will take to get uh, everybody on consensus with no, really no margin for error. So you could see uh, the, this process, um, you know, taking uh, several more weeks or months and really going into the fall, well, well into the fall uh, before a conclusion is reached. Yeah, I read a headline probably an hour and a half ago um, saying that Manchin was was only about a million or a trillion and a half into uh, into what he was willing to approve. So it sounded like it wasn't going anywhere um, soon. Yeah, and I think that's you know there's a big difference between three and a half trillion and a trillion and a half, right? I mean, in fact, it's two trillion. So you know, I think bridging that gap, um, you know, might not be it, it might not be overnight, and it could take some time to the degree that that gap is bridged. Well, guys, I appreciate it so much. Um, thanks for your time. I know we're, we're here at the um, top of the hour where we are at, and uh, I appreciate you you giving up this time because I know you guys are extremely busy. Um, to our you know to our audience who's listening, I, you know, I just want to recommend if your company is not already a member of NMHC, please consider joining. Um, I've seen NMHC come to the rescue several times <laughs> over my career when it comes to national and regional issues like recessions or natural disasters. And of course, with, uh, with this pandemic. Um, so please take a look into, into that. Um, because I, I can tell you, especially over the past 18 months, um, these guys have, have really helped, um, guide the industry, um, as well as make sure that the industry had a voice in DC. Um, uh, David, Matthew, I don't know if, if you guys have anything to add to that, but um, I want to really encourage that with our folks. No, re really, really appreciate it, Wes. And again, appreciate the opportunity to be uh, with you here today. You know, Dave and I might work in Washington, but we really um, are here to help. Um, so, you know, please feel free uh, to, to reach out to us um, if we can be helpful to the industry. Absolutely. Wes, we're going to miss you this year. Yeah, you know, I did, I did get to go 
to Chicago last year. And then when I, when I looked at the calendar, I was just like, ah, this, this, I can't do this two years in a row. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you know, given everything we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make sure that we go next year. So well, um, next year, um, we're, uh, we're heading back across the country. We're going to be in Miami beach. So nice, nice. Great, another great venue. Well, fantastic. And you guys are looking at do, doing that, keeping this one in the fall, or are you looking at moving it at all? Same thing. Great, great. Yep. Well, guys, again, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. Well, guys, there you have it. A big thanks to, uh, to, to Dave Matthews again. Uh, a big, big thanks to to Dave and to Matthew for spending some time with us on that. We are uh, we're looking forward to being out there. I, of course, as I mentioned, will not be able to be there this year. And but we've got uh, we've got one of our folks, one of our ambassadors, Adam Yarber, who will he's going out, you know, kind of on behalf of of Campus Advantage because that's where he's the uh, director of, of resident experience at. But he works closely with us on a lot of different things, uh, has been part of our panels and that type of thing, and I asked him if he would be willing to, to go out, and Campus Advantage was willing to, uh, to allow him to do that. And he's going to be doing a podcast similar to, to what I did out at Interface, and that will be coming soon, so be on the lookout for that. Guys, again, check us out at studenthousinginsight.com. Uh, certainly join the community if you haven't joined already. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Take care, guys.